0: All right, guys, praise God. It's We are uh, very blessed to be in the house of God today. There's lots of people that can't make it or, you know, they, they don't know about the house of God. So this is a good place to be, really. I have a, a sermon to share, a, a short sermon. It's uh, I will try to make it. Um, and we are in a sermon series. If someone remembers what the sermon series is. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> it's basically an Easter sermon series, and it's about Christ's threefold ministries. And that's a mouthful, but all that means is that Jesus' ministry has been divided by people who study the Bible into three different sections. Uh, king, prophet, and priest. And throughout the Bible, you can, you can see where Jesus acts as a king, where Jesus acts as a prophet, where Jesus acts as a priest. We're in the second week, so that means we're talking about uh, prophets. Uh, we spoke about king first. If you guys remember Andre Kondrachuk, he uh, said a sermon about Jesus as a risen king. And then today we're going to be speaking about uh, Jesus Christ as the risen prophet. And then uh, finally we're going to speak... Um, Mark Anikuski is going to speak about Jesus Christ, uh, the risen priest, or the risen Christ who is priest. So, um, I want to I want to uh, start uh, my sermon. So, if you guys can, thank you so much for that. This is that was perfect. Um, if you guys can um, just start my slide, or do I click here? Ah, oh, perfect. So I do click. So risen Christ the prophet, second uh, Peter chapter one, verse 20 to twenty one knowing first of all that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone 's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the holy Spirit we 'll start there first of all, we need to identify who is a prophet. A prophet is someone who gives god 's message to people God is in heaven, and the Bible says that God dwells in light that people cannot approach, inapproachable light, that is, the Bible is very clear about that, and so people cannot just come up to God, they need prophets, and, but uh, ever since mankind sinned, God wants to speak with people, people need to speak with God, but there is the barrier of sin, so God sends prophets, and prophets, they hear the word from God, and they speak it to the people of God. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 20 uh, and 21, it's, it's a very interesting passage, speaks about, I'm going to switch to a microphone because I can't do this, 1, 2, thank you guys, sorry about that, uh, so 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 20 speaks about prophecy or scripture, and you guys, we, let's uh, do this, uh, let's just lay out the definition of prophecy, then we'll go quickly through Jeremiah's life, connecting that to the life of Jesus, Jeremiah, one of the biggest, well-known prophets, and we'll see how whatever Jeremiah was going through is kind of what Jesus was going through, which is why we call Jesus a prophet, the prophet, capital P. Um, so uh, 2 Peter one twenty, knowing this first of all. Peter talks about the Bible. He talks about the Torah. He talks about, uh, uh, in our case, the New Testament, and he says this is something that is well known beyond the doubt. So when we're talking about uh, prophetic words that the prophet spoke, Isaiah, Jeremiah, uh, Daniel, when we're talking about the words that Jesus as a prophet spoke, these are words that uh, are beyond a doubt the word of God. So Peter says, knowing beyond a doubt that first of all, no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Notice the word no prophecy. No, prophecy uh, means that not a single word written in the Bible, not a single word written in the Old or New Testament can be taken, looked at, and said, well, this is not for today. You can't do that, um, and uh, we don't have time to to go into explaining how people study the Bible, but you can't make the Bible not the Bible. You can't look at the Bible, at a verse in the Bible, and say, well, God didn't actually say that, or God meant something else when the verse clearly says something uh, different. So no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Um, interpretation is another thing, we'll skip that, for no prophecy ever produced by the will of man, uh, was produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God. Uh, This is interesting, men spoke from God. So people were hearing the voice of God through other people. God had a message to speak to me, and he would tell it to someone else, and this person would tell me exactly what God wants me to hear, and me listening to this person, I would be listening to God. And so the, the, is, uh, the Bible says, men spoke from God. Th- this is why when we're talking about the canon of Scripture, who knows how many books are in the Bible? Quick quiz, 66. When we're talking about the canon of Scripture... Um, it's not like people were like fighting over what is the Bible, what is not the Bible, you know, groups attacking groups. That's what liberal theologians or or, uh, even atheists, they want us to believe. But if you study history, throughout history, the church affirmed the same books in different places and at different times when it comes to the 66 books of the Bible. And they would continually affirm and affirm. You guys know what affirm means, right? It's like Something's there and they go, yeah, that is that, you know, like, so a Bugatti drives by, that is a Bugatti. Everyone goes, that's a Bugatti. You know, like, it's obvious. People were reading Isaiah and were like, that's the word of God. People were reading in the New Testament after the first church, they were reading Apostle John, they were reading Apostle Paul, and everyone was affirming what was evident. What was present in those scriptures is that men spoke from God. They would look at a verse, they would look at a chapter and say, that is a chapter from God. Further we read... As they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So these people weren't, they weren't, um, they didn't become robots. It's not like once someone was writing the Bible, and I used to think that, and, and the Lord knows. Um, so I'm confessing this to you, this is not how it happened, where people would just like almost go out of conscience, and they would just write, you know, they would just write uh, what God was dictating them, God wasn't overriding their emotions, God wasn't overriding their writing abilities, God wasn't overriding their personalities, and that's why in the Bible you have different styles, you have different uh, personality, uh, like of writing come at you, and it's interesting to read, you read Proverbs, it's one thing, you read Apostle Paul, it's another, you read John, it's all like, you know, it's John, and then you you read Paul in Galatians, and he's like, you dumb Galatians, you know, it's like, Different people, God uses different people. He doesn't override them, but like like Peter said, they are carried along by the Holy Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit just takes control of them and uses their knowledge, uses their understanding of previous Scripture, uses them as individuals to write. Very specific people in history, and that canon has closed. The 66 books have closed. And that is why the Bible talks about the Bible, (laughs) Which is interesting. The Bible, like it, it's 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 awesome when it does this. And it said that, it says that these this Bible, this prophetic utterance, uh, or, or these words in the Bible, they're called a prophetic utterance that is made sure. That's what the Bible. That's what that's what we understand, and that's what the Bible tells us about itself. That this Bible is a prophetic word that is 100% sure. It is 100% accurate. Now, shifting gears, does that make kind of sense? When we're talking about prophecy, we're talking about uh, people, um, and and we're not going to be getting into the gift of prophecy. Right now, we're not talking about the gift of prophecy. We're talking about prophets, Old Testament uh, prophets, and then New Testament um, uh, evangelists and apostles and teachers. And we're talking about the Word of God as the prophetic word from God that saves us. Uh, That still leaves room, and this word leaves room and gives certain positions to people called prophets in in today's uh, church. Now let's go to the next slide, and I want to just show you uh, why Jesus is considered the prophet, capital T, capital P. So there were many prophets before Jesus. There was Isaiah, huge prophet. Jeremiah, huge prophet. Like, they were of such caliber that they would say things and this was like a political uh you know um, dilemma you know like they would say something and the king would be like the president would be like come on dude like you're you know like everyone knew them everyone had to deal with them everyone had to like you know reckon with what they were saying because they were speaking from god but there was a prophet who was prophesied by moses moses was a prophet too And Moses said at one point, he said, A prophet will rise one day who will speak the truth. Listen to him. And that prophecy was fulfilled in Jesus thousands of years later. So you have hundreds of prophets before there. I don't know how many prophets actually wrote the, the Old Testament, so I can't give you, you know, I don't know, dozens. But you have uh, prophets before Jesus, and then finally Jesus as capital T, capital P, the prophet. And here's, here's what's interesting. First of all, prophets need to deliver a message from God. And when we read the, the life of Jeremiah, we read uh, Jeremiah 1:17. Just Just listen, you don't have to open, but you dress yourself for work. Arise, says God to jeremiah arise say to them everything i command you do not be dismayed lest i dismay you before them god says i have a word for you you need to speak it what do we know about jesus we know that jesus he came on earth and he came with such a specific mission and a specific word for every person that was willing to hear and that was this repent because i have come to save you it was repent of your sins and churn and follow God. It was repent and enter the kingdom and the family of God. And so Jesus has a very specific word to every person. He says, come to me, all who are weary, all who are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Are you Are you troubled? you can't do this by yourself, you're you're struggling with sin, you're struggling with addictions, you can't do that by yourself, God's prophetic word through Jesus Christ is very clear. Come to Jesus and there will be rest. Amen. So Jesus comes to proclaim God's good news. Jesus' first words, theologians say, Jesus' first words ever recorded in the Bible were... This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. So repent and believe in the gospel. And the gospel means the good news. Number two, prophets needed to be called by God. Prophets needed to be called by God. Jeremiah um, was called by God. Uh, We read, now the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to nations. A prophet needs to be called by God. And we see this fulfilled in Jesus. Because about Jesus, we read many scriptures. I don't have time to bring them up. One of them, God speaks of Jesus. He says, I have called my son from Egypt. I've called my son from Egypt, talking about how Jesus is going to go to Egypt, and then when time's right, he's going to bring him out of Egypt into Israel, and he's going to start preaching in Galilee, in Judea, and all all over the place. So God calls uh, Jesus. Number three, prophets are required to present the entire message of God. There was a time in prophet Jeremiah's life where he was a younger prophet and he was scared or he didn't, every time he would speak, it was like against what the king was doing and he would get in trouble all the time. And so he he says these words, he says in Jeremiah chapter one, verse four, five, sorry, 29. If I say, I will not mention him or speak any more in his name. There is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones. I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. So a prophet, he is compelled by God, to say the entire message that God gives a person. So a person can't leave out a word or a sentence or anything. And and this is exactly what we see with Jesus. Jesus comes into a place where um, there's this religious order that has established itself. People act correctly. People do the right thing. They... they, they uh, tithe and they, uh, they, they they visit the, the temple and they you know there's the Pharisees the Sadducees everyone has their place they're well respected by all people and Jesus comes into the scene and he's like I can't be a hypocrite He didn't actually say that. I'm just saying what he was saying when when he was speaking to the Pharisees. He would call them you hypocrites. He would call them you people who act one way and are actually um, different on the inside. You whitewashed tombs, he says. Like, why did you, um, I think that was Jesus. It might have been John the Baptist. But he was, you guys know Jesus. Like, he he had a case with the Pharisees and the Sadducees for this very reason. Because Jesus had a message to present to the people. And the message was a message from God. People, they wanted to be people. They wanted to deceive. They wanted to look nice. They wanted to, so that other people would respect him and say, wow, you're, you're a really good Christian, you know, Mr. Pharisee. They like that. And Jesus comes on the scene and says, no, like, I'm going right after the heart. I need you to repent. I need you to believe the gospel. I need there to be a change of heart. So Jesus presents the entire message. This point is important because this is something that I think I've experienced and we are either experiencing or have experienced in our lives. Do you guys not agree? When we are born into a Christian family, it's easy to learn the rules and not have a heart change. And God wants a heart change. There's a message that is written in the Bible. It is a very clear, succinct message. And the message goes like this. I will take out their hearts of flesh, or their hearts of stone, and I will give them hearts of flesh. You know what that means? God says, I am going to do a heart transplant to every person, a spiritual heart transplant, to every person who comes to me. I'm going to change them entirely. I'm going to change the way they think. I'm going to change their conscience. I'm going to change their habits. I'm going to change their desires. I'm going to change every part of them because I have a message from God. I'm the prophet of God. I have a message from God and the message is this. You are children of God and as children of God, you need to act like children of God. You need to walk in in the light of God. You need to repent if you are not living in the light of God. Does that make sense? So Jesus is a prophet like Jeremiah, but capital T, capital P. Number four, the message needs to be 100% accurate. Jeremiah 28, 8, 9 it talks about how Jeremiah, I just don't have time to read all this, but Jeremiah, he um, talks to a king who, I think this was to a king who, like, summoned prophets who were, like, kind of false prophets, and summoned Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, or or, or, he was talking to Jeremiah, I think. And Jeremiah's like, where are your prophets that prophesied that none of this war is going to happen? Like, where are they? Because now we're at war, our city is surrounded, and you still don't believe me. And I was the one telling you, we're gonna go to war, and we're gonna lose, because you guys aren't faithful to God. And so, Christians... Whoops, sorry, I think I did something here. If you guys just keep it on that third slide for me, can you guys override me? Override me, (laughs) please. It's my favorite thing. Sorry, I'm going to take... When, like, something's wrong on my work computer, and I'm like, I can't... And I just get flustered really easy. I'm like, I call the people. I'm like, hey, just take over my screen. Do the thing. And they just, like, take over the screen, fix everything in half a second, and it's, it's good then. So, um, uh, message need, needs to be 100% accurate. This is why... Uh, so, every prophet was tested like this. In fact, he, there was only... Uh, <laughs> Being a prophet was pretty, um, you know, people talk about jobs that have a, what is it called? Like high risk of. Like, not mortality, but you know what I mean. Like, high-risk jobs, jobs that are at risk. Like, if you're, if you're I don't know, like, in the mines, that's you're at risk of, like, developing this and having, you know, this sickness and having the rocks fall and so on. There's, like, these high-risk jobs. Well, being a prophet is probably the most high-risk job because you get one prophecy wrong in the Old Testament, you, uh, you get stoned. According to the law of God, one prophecy wrong and you get stoned. So a prophet needs to be 100% accurate. And that is why when we listen to the words of Jesus, when we listen to the teachings of Jesus, when we listen to the teachings of the disciples who were with Jesus for years and were listening to him, we have to understand the things that they're saying, they're not joking about. Do you guys understand? The, The hell that they're describing, they're not joking about. It's not a metaphysical hell. The heaven that they're describing, they're not joking about. It's a real place with God. The rapture, the changing of our bodies during the last resurrection, they're not joking about. These are actual things that are actually going to happen. Jesus, as the prophet, he prophesied this as well. He, he spoke of this. He talked about how the church is going to be, how, how the church is going to be persecuted, what's going to happen during the end of times, and so on. Prophet look, prophets look different than other people. Jeremiah couldn't marry. The, God literally said, you shall not take a wife, nor shall we have sons and daughters. He was they were, they were always set apart. And Jesus was set apart. People would come to him to like take him to jail and would walk away. And the people who sent them were like, why don't you put him in jail? And they're like, no one spoke as this man spoke. There was something different about Jesus because he was the prophet. Capital T, capital P. Prophets are recognized even when rejected. Prophets were always recognized, even when rejected, even when people didn't like what they were saying. Jeremiah is telling the king, hey, like, if you give up, you, give up, you know, surrender to the army, you'll be saved, the city will be saved. And he tells this to Jeremiah, Uh, Jeremiah tells this to the king, and then the king goes, okay, like, basically, I believe you, but I can't do that, because I have other princes, and, you know, I don't know, like, I don't want to look bad before them. So people knew that even prophets of the Old Testament, they were prophets of God. How much more Jesus? And here's my question to you, how often is it in your life How often is it during a church service that you're sitting, that you are sitting in a pew, listening to the word of God, and your heart is reaching out to God? Like, you're feeling a burning in your heart, but it's not there yet. You know that a change needs to happen, but it's not there yet. You know why that happens? When you're like sitting there and you understand like, bro, this is real. I'm not part of this yet, but this church, Jesus, life part is real. Repentance and salvation is real. Why why you're experiencing that is because your spirit is recognizing Jesus as Lord. Your soul is, I should paraphrase, your soul is reaching out to God, recognizing that Jesus is God. And whether you accept it or you don't, that's the issue. Whether you say, yes, I believe, I repent, I'm going to change my life, Jesus, you know, that's it, I'm living for you, or you don't. Jesus is still going to be Lord. Lord. And there's going to be a a kingdom where Jesus is going to be king, and there's going to be another kingdom where Jesus will not be present. Number seven, um, a prophet predicts the future. And I don't have time to talk talk about this, but Jesus predicted multiple things. And finally, prophetic ministries are opposed by false prophets. Again, I don't have time to go into Jeremiah's life. He was opposed, let me tell you that. And then Jesus' life, he was opposed to the point of death. They crucified him because they opposed him. And so this brings us to our, our final text, and we're going to be praying, Hebrews chapter one, verse one to two. Long ago, this is, by the way, the theme of our sermon series. long ago, at time, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. So just hear me out here. God, and I'm, I was listening to another, one of, one of my favorite preachers talk about this, or reading his old transcript from his old sermon, and he, he was kind of mentioning this, that God is always reaching out to people. God is always, from, from the very beginning, like God creates Garden of Eden, puts people in there, and he's having communication with them. And then throughout the Old Testament, God's always reaching out to people. So, the issue, if you're not experiencing God in your life, if I'm not experiencing God in my life, is not because God is not there, but it's because God reaching out to us is being rejected by us. We have to, can we not agree with that? How how many times where God reaches out to us, and unfortunately, I, I fall in the same thing where I reject Him. I reject Him with my actions. I reject Him with what I'm watching. I reject Him with where I'm going. I reject Him with my thoughts. I reject Him. And how can God be with me? How can God fill me if I reject Him? But God, long ago, many times, many ways, basically God's using different kind of people, different kind of voices, to just reach out to His people and say, come to me, all who are weary. I'll give you rest. And He's doing this in different ways. God spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in these last times he has spoken to us by his son. There it is. In these last times God has spoken to us by his son. Jesus is the prophet. The final prophet from whom all prophets are in a big shadow and Jesus's prophecy is very simple. Everyone who comes to him has eternal life. Every single person who comes to Jesus has eternal life. I want, I want just to notice a couple of things, and we'll be praying. Notice the exclusivity of this, this uh, verse number two. God, God speaks in many, uh, the author of Hebrews says, God spoke in many ways, many times, and now in the last days, our days, God spoke in only, in only one way. And that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. And someone might ask, Andre, is that like, that's a little too much, no? Like, uh, that all the roads lead to Jesus? Like, if I want to be with God only through Jesus? And the answer to that is 100% yes. The only way to have peace in your heart, the only way to have joy in your life, the only way to have eternal salvation is through Jesus Christ. This is the gospel, that there is salvation only in Jesus Christ. Furthermore, I I, want to show you something. This preacher was saying, whom he appointed all, uh, the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Uh, He appoint. so the reason why Jesus is the final prophet is because he's not only a messenger of God, he is God. Does that make sense? So Jesus is both the messenger of God and God. He comes, God comes in human flesh to people and says, hey, I'm presenting you the best way for you to have a relationship with me. And I have no one else to send. I have no one better to, to, to present this to you than myself. I'm going to present you with myself by myself. And so Jesus comes to this world and he teaches and he preaches and he does miracles to prove that I am God in the flesh. And if you believe in me, you'll have eternal life. And some people believe and others don't. The promise of a future prophet can be written, I already mentioned in, uh, even back to Deuteronomy, Moses says, I will raise up a prophet. And that prophet was raised up in Jesus. And then finally we read in Luke 24:25, he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe. This uh, passage I'm going to read, very interesting. Jesus was crucified, has already resurrected, and is now showing himself to some of his disciples in a new body. And so this presents a problem because many of them can't, or they can't recognize him. And I don't know until when, until he decides to show himself or until something else happens. But many people seeing resurrected Jesus did not know that he was Jesus. So Mary thinks he's the garden keeper. Other people are just like the two, two of his like fans or followers or disciples are walking with the resurrected Jesus. And they're sad because they're like, well, Jesus is dead. What do we do now? Our hope is lost. And he begins to explain to them. And the Bible says that he begins from the Prophets, listen. Um, he, uh, oh, he, he's like, why are you sad? They say they crucified Jesus. He goes, "Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses, notice, all and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning themselves. I want to do a prayer right now, and I want to pray about one thing that God gives us a love for His scriptures. Because through scriptures, we see Jesus in the most clear way that a human can possibly see Jesus. And I'm talking about every single chapter in the Bible. And if you love the Bible, you'll love Jesus. If you understand the Bible, you'll understand Jesus. If you have The Bible, you have Jesus. And if you reject the Bible, you reject Jesus. This is a prophetic word. 66 books is a prophetic word pointing to the prophet. The one, the only, and the final prophet. Not the only, but in his category, the only, absolutely, prophet, Jesus Christ. And every person who falls in love with this book will inevitably fall in love with Jesus. Every person who respects this book, will respect Jesus. Every person who fears the God of this book, will fear Jesus, in a good sense. Every person who bows before this book, and I I don't mean before the letters, but before the wisdom of God... Sorry. Before... I scared myself there, I'm like, what's going on? Who bows before uh, the, the God of the Bible, will bow before Jesus. If you bow before the God of the Old Testament, the prophets, as, as they spoke about the God of the Old Testament, you will find yourself bowing before Jesus. And so my desire for you is that every single person here, and I ask that you listen, uh, please, every single person here, just listen to this part. My desire is that you fall in love with the Bible. Not just buy a new Bible. Not just, like, read your Bible occasionally. Fall in love with the Bible. And let this most assured prophetic word, we just don't have time to go into all the scriptures, but it's called the most uh, assured uh, prophetic word. Let it reveal Jesus to you. And you could start in any book. That's why it's awesome. You can start in Proverbs. You can start in Ecclesiastes. And it will lead you to Jesus. Start in, start in Revelation. Start in Genesis. Leads you to Jesus. Leads you to the prophet. You'll, you'll find yourself like, God, you are the f- Jesus. You are the final prophet. Like, what do I do to serve you? How do I get saved? As some people in the Bible would say. And, and then once you are walking with Jesus, this most prof- uh, assured prophetic word is going to build your love for Jesus. And as your love for the Bible grows, so will your love for Jesus. Jesus is the final prophet. He, um, all the prophets pointed to Jesus, and all the teachers after Jesus, they pointed back at Jesus. And today I would like us to just focus on Jesus as we ask Jesus to give us a love for his Bible. Let's pray.